morning, church. If you're online, hello. Thanks for joining us. I'm a little bit newer here. If you don't know me, my name is Hannah. I'll be uh, leading worship this morning. Um, if you hear my voice and you're out in the lobby, come join us. Um, also, there's pastries for the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Um, but if you would like to stand and join me in worship, that'd be awesome.
Hello. Oh, there we go. Technology, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Jerry. Um, this might be one of my favorite parts of the service. It's testimony time um, to speak to how great our God is. Um, if you have had any moments this week or over the past few months or just feelings of anything where God has been moving in your life or where you have cited God moving in other people's lives even, um, this is the time to share that. And I think it's such an encouraging time uh, together when we are able to share how God is moving. So I'm going to open the floor to, to any of you who would like to share. Just raise your hand and I will come to you if you have a God moment. All right, I've got one. Hard week. Seems like that's the repeat pattern for our lives, but it is what it is. And it was one of those teachings, it is what it is, but God's got our back. And so this week, uh, my mom came in on Saturday just, you know, just to help with, um, Carmel took a really bad term with COVID. It's been lingering. And then she got a stomach virus this week and just put her back in the hospital as of Wednesday. And she's still, she's still there. So my mom was in town, so I was just thankful for her. 
just being like, all right, I'll take off work, I'll come in, I'll do whatever. And then um, also Carmel's sister came in town on Saturday or Friday night. Um, she's in an observation room and you can't have guests through the night, but her sister just went up there and was like, I'm staying. Right? And that's, that's what it takes. It takes, right? This is where Jesus is like, hey, God's got your back. It's the body of Christ having your back. And continuing to see it in the midst of hard, it is what it is, it is not good, but God has got our back. Praying for a resolution, praying for healing, praying for that, but have definitely seen just thankful. So thankful for the body of Christ as, as it's told. So that's my, that's my praise of God in the midst of my cursing, right? So there you go. Thanks for sharing, Bo. I think I saw, yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, okay. You were raising your hand. Yeah, well, Hi, I'm Betsy. Um, over the last few years, I've probably talked a couple times about my friend Sherry, who I've known since first grade. A little funny thing, she was six feet tall in eighth grade, and here's little me. <laughs> we were like Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> anyway, um, she's five years into lung cancer. She never should have made it out of that in the first place, but her, her level of God is here is unbelievable. She works real hard. She ramps it up, and she gets ready, and she's like, I'm going to kill it going to go away. So she had a scan that said no cancer in your body. It was a few years ago. Other issues are overriding like severe sciatica and bad arthritis, etc. About three weeks ago, she had a scan that showed a new scan, I mean a new spot on her one-third remaining lung. She's got one-third of a lung. And, uh, and it's the kind that will go to your brain. She was told that right up front. It's a different kind of cancer. She ramped it up like she usually does. She's totally ready for it. This week she had five consecutive days of radiation. And I texted her last night. Oh, she drives herself. She refuses to get a ride. Um, so I texted her last night and I said, I, I'll be happy to come over and spot you if you want to take a shower. I'll just sit on the toilet or hang outside the room. And she said, I'm pretty good. It's different for everybody. I'm pretty good. Thank God. She just finds a way to do it. And I mean, I don't know what that double diagnosis would have done to me. Five years ago, I don't know what it would have done. Throughout that five years, I don't know if I could have made it like she has made it, but she's on a new mission. Here she goes with this cancer now, so I'm with her. Please pray for her. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So thankful for people in our lives that step into the hard or encourage us by their hard, right, and their struggles. Um, is there anyone else that would like to share? So last week, um, someone told me something that um, was kind of unexpected, um, that I may have supported a group that doesn't preach um, just God's love and acceptance of everybody as they are. Um, and I didn't know that. And um, I felt like vomiting <laughs> when they told me that there was a possibility that they had a different belief that like we had to change people, not just love them as they are. Um, and like for like the rest of the week I felt like puking like <laughs> every time I thought about it I prayed about it a bunch and I thought about it and I feel really like um I was able to forgive myself for not asking the questions that I should have asked before I went along with something um and to like kind of feel empowered now because I was a part of something um and I don't fully know yet I'm getting more information whether or not it's like fully like not what I believe in <laughs> 
Um, but I am asking questions. I'm going to show up. I'm going to advocate, and I'm going to see if I can maybe make a difference um, instead of just like running from it um, or feeling shame about it. So I don't know. Just really, I felt like God like showed up for me to say like um, you could make a mistake and you can like look and then you can remedy it maybe in a way, and that felt cool. Thank you for sharing. Is there anyone else that would like to share? Did you know? I will share something real quick. Um, this week was also very hard for me. Um, lots of weeks have been, and that's hard. <laughs> but uh, I, was a li we, I just moved last weekend. It's been a little overwhelming unpacking, and I was kind of like having a little breakdown and trying not to like burden anyone by it, you know? like crying in my car kind of thing. Um, so I, a friend of mine needed help getting a car somewhere else and I was like really trying to hold it in and she's like, you're not okay. I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But um, she was like, no, we're gonna, go, we're gonna go get a drink. So we did and it just kind of centered me and helped me to make it through the week, I guess, like change my perspective on stuff their conversation and it was just this moment of where I felt like it was God stepping in and being like you're okay <laughs> you got this um, so yeah uh, is there anyone else that would like to share one more time <laughs> all right well thank you everyone for your encouraging words um, and happy Mother's Day to all of the mothering types out there Hi, I'm Bonnie, and I get to read us through the liturgy this morning. On Mother's Day, we are invited to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Mother's Day in 2014 was a day of mourning for me as I remembered the baby we had lost the previous fall. I was a mother with no child to hold. Even now, my grief for her is strongest on Mother's Day. Let us lift our hearts to God as we rejoice or mourn or both this morning. Lord, on this day, set aside to honor and remember mothers. We give you thanks for our mothers. We are grateful that you chose to give us life through them and that they received the gift of life from your hands and gave it to us. Thank you for the sacrifices they made in carrying us and giving us birth. We thank you for the women who raised us, who were our mothers in childhood, whether birth mom, adopted mom, foster mom, older sister, aunt, grandmother, stepmother, or chosen mom. We thank you for those women who have held us and fed us, who cared for us and kissed away our pain. We pray our lives may reflect the love they showed us and that they would be pleased to be called our moms. We pray for older moms whose children are grown. Grant them joy and satisfaction for a job well done. 
We pray for new moms experiencing changes they could not predict. Grant them rest and peace as they trust you for the future. We pray for pregnant women who will soon be moms. Grant them patience and good counsel in the coming months. We pray for moms who face the demands of single parenthood. Grant them strength and wisdom. We pray for moms who are raising their children in poverty. Grant them relief and justice. We pray for stepmoms. Grant them patience and understanding and love. We pray for moms who are separated from their children. Grant them faith and hope. We pray for moms in marriages that are in crisis. Grant them support and insight. We pray for moms who have lost children. Grant them comfort and a hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We pray for mothers whose pregnancies have been terminated. Grant them healing and peace that only you can give. We pray for moms who chose adoption for their child. Grant them peace and confidence as they trust in your providence. We pray for adoptive mothers. Grant them joy and gratitude for the gift you have provided. We pray for those who think about being moms. Grant them wisdom and discernment. We pray for all who have assumed the mother's role in a child's life. Grant them joy and the appreciation of others. We pray for those people present who are grieving the loss of their mother. Grant them comfort and hope in Christ's resurrection. Lord, we thank you for the gift of motherhood. We thank you for the many examples of faithful mothers in scripture, like Sarah, Hannah, Elizabeth, and Lois. Hear now the first names of other women who have inspired us by their motherly examples. We are mindful this day of all these women, and especially Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had the courage and faith to say yes to your calling. May these women gathered here today emulate these examples of faith, and may they model for all the rest of us what it means to be your disciple. Bless them on this special day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Good morning again, everyone. My name is Jerry, in case you can't, didn't remember. Um, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> um, good morning again. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Thank you, Bonnie, for that beautiful liturgy. Um, welcome to Genesis here in person, online. We're so glad you're here with us. Um, just, I wanted to have everyone take a moment. You either got a text this morning or there's a green card in your pew. Um, please fill out the connection card in either form uh, to let us know that you're here with us today. The green cards can be placed in the box at the back of the, outside the doors. There's like a brown box out there. You can just place those in there as well as your offering if you have brought it with you today. Um, and thank you to all who continue to give online or through text. Um, 
Mark your calendars because there's a great weekend coming up. Family camping at Camp Lael on Memorial uh, Day weekend. From Friday, May 27th to Monday, May 30th, join us for the whole weekend or just part of it. Um, it's a great time. I usually go up for a day and just spend time with whoever's there and it is just wonderful to be together. Um, if you have questions about it, you can contact Vicki Brown. She's uh, sitting in this, the pew right over there. <laughs> little wave there. Uh, you can contact her. There will be a potluck on Saturday, May 28th at 12 o'clock up at Camp Lael. You can bring a dish to pass, to pass uh, bring your own table setting, meat and beverage. Come celebrate in the sunshine for the day. I'll be there that day probably. Um, one more thing, it's Mother's Day. And we want to honor all of the mothering types out there. There, is, there are pastries, there are things in the back of the sanctuary out there, uh, drinks and everything. Um, all of the mothering types and anyone who has a mother may come and grab. <laughs> Please, take a pastry, everybody. But more importantly, everyone in the sanctuary and at home should have a drink in their hand uh, after this, okay? So make sure you have a drink in your hand for the rest of the service. <laughs> all right, th that is all for me. I'm going to release you to grab a pastry and a drink and to connect with one another. Happy Mother's Day.
morning. Good morning. Okay, thank you so, so much. There's more pastries at any time. Feel free to get one. Feel free to make a refill. Ref, refill. We're going to be doing toasts. You know, you would raise a glass and that kind of a thing. Um, anybody, had, anybody have bartending skills? Ever work making? Oh, back. I saw somebody raising a hand. So if anyone needs something special... Is that Pete? Anyone need something special? You run out and you want a special something. Pete's the guy to ask. Pete, make me something. Um, if you want the drink-making skills of a nine-year-old, ask me and I'll make you a suicide. That's where you get a little bit of everything. Did anybody make the suicide drink? Oh, we had a couple. Good for you. So again, if you're on Zoom or if you're on Facebook, um, get a drink. It, we... we have something as we as we raise a glass or something beautiful and physical about this today and we wanted to spend that time doing that again as jerry already set up thank you jerry for leading the announcements this morning hannah she stepped in we've been nate has been talking to hannah about helping to lead worship We're like oh we'll start you off slow team you up with somebody to just kind of get to know things uh, and then, uh, and then uh, you know, a couple days later, it's like, hey, how about this leaving this Sunday? We need somebody. You willing? And, and Hannah was, was, was willing to be like, yeah, I, I can do that. And so thank you for using what you have to love people and to create space for us. So thank you. So, all right, where do we start? This morning, we wanted to... Oh, Here's where it is. One of the things that's unique about our community is this phrase. Our heroes are among us. Everyday people living like Jesus. And with that, we celebrate small things. Living like Jesus. Now, that's not a small thing, but everyday occurrences of living like Jesus are big things, but they can, they can come in small practices small expressions. I mean, Jesus himself said something like, if you give somebody a cold drink of water, in my name, you're doing it to me. Jesus wasn't, and, but he also said, yeah, if you, if you love your enemy, you know, as well, you know, to, but yet those are both expressions of what it is to live like Jesus. And so the heroes are among us. A few weeks ago, we gave out these eggs and filled with candy, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got my eggs. I still have my eggs, right? Didn't, didn't do it. But Michael Frederick, he took two bags of eggs, went around his neighborhood, gave some to his daughter, was just loving neighbors, loving people, right? That, that is a mark of Jesus. You're a hero, Mike, living that out among us as people. And so, so we love that. A part of this, this value, a part of this uniqueness of who we are, means we have to have eyes to see it. We have to be able to see people, not based on their flaws, not based on their weaknesses, but to see them in the eyes of God, to see them in the light of Jesus. We have to be able to see people and to affirm what is in them, created in the likeness of God. The ability to be able to compliment people is a divine ability. 
to be able to say, oh, I see you. We have a God who has seen us, who sees us, and who still spoke words of affirmation on all sorts of people. And you can see that in the life of Jesus. But it takes eyes to see, and sometimes we just have to be trained. We have to remember that complimenting someone is a spiritual act of seeing the divine in someone and pointing to it. Doesn't mean there's no place for critique. But to see and affirm, oh, it's the heart of a father, the heart of a mother. And just as we saw the father speaking over Jesus, this is my son at his baptism, who brings me great joy. Affirmation. And so today, we're going to practice that a little bit. We're going to practice going through our memory to affirm those who can celebrate. We can point to, oh, they look like Jesus. Some of those people might even be your own mother. Maybe a neighbor, neighbor, a friend. It is, it's wide open. The affirmation is wide open. But to get us there, I want to use Exodus. Exodus is the story of when uh, the Hebrew people were enslaved to Egypt. Their numbers were growing. Pharaoh got scared as their numbers grow, grew, and he began to oppress them. And the Exodus, if you're familiar with the Bob Marley song, is the story of God setting the people free from bondage and slavery. And they left Egypt, and they, and they kind of became his people. They wandered and gave him a land. He took care of them, provided for them. But the story of Exodus is celebrated at Passover. For, for many, they describe what Jesus did on the cross as the completion of Exodus, the second Exodus. It was God delivering people from sin, slavery, and the devil. This max Exodus letting the people go from what held them. In Passover, there is, uh, you'd get together for a meal, and for us, we have these wonderful croissants and pastries, and on Passover, there's like four or five toasts. You drink wine, and you give toasts, and so today, we're going to do something similar to that, but there are, there's five women in the early story of the Exodus story who aren't mentioned in the Passover but they're beautiful, and they're living like Jesus before even Jesus became Jesus in flesh. But the word existed from the beginning. And so we're going to look at the Exodus story. We're going to highlight these women in this Exodus story as the hands and the feet of God, acting out in the purposes of God. We're going to consider others who are like them, and they're going to raise glasses and say their names. So it's going to be highly participatory. It's going to be highly engaged. So if you're on Zoom, feel free to use the chat to type in just as your mind goes and as you connect to this experience. If you have a Bible, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 1. We're going to be in Exodus 1 and 2 with this story. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk through these characters. We're going to give toasts. Um, and, and that's going to be our morning as we remember. The heroes are among us, everyday people living like Jesus. And so, Father, would you come and give us memory? Would you animate our thoughts? Would you give us the chance to laugh and to connect with another? Would you give us the chance to give, pay compliments and to affirm and to be grateful? 
you're grateful for you, for what you have done, what you're doing, even in the midst of the Exodus story of something terrible, awful, violent, and cruel. But you were at work in ordinary, everyday people. Thank you, God. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 1. And going to pick up here at verse 15. And they had been enslaving the Hebrew people at this point. Um, they were multiplying. They were scared of them. This is, what he, this is what Exodus 1 tells us. He was afraid because they were beginning to outnumber the Egyptians. And, and he kind of knew, wow, if they get any ideas and if they want to rise up and if they want to bear arms, they want to take it on, they, they, they might take us out. So they began to oppress them cruelly. And all the times I tried to oppress them, it actually didn't hinder them. Their numbers continued to multiply. And so this is in verse 15. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pa. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives fear God... They refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women, they said, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous. And they have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. It's a lie. It's a, it's a good one. So God was good to the midwives. And the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River. But you may let the girls live. In chapter 2. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. What a time to be married and be Hebrew. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. What a time to give birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus, reeds, and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked alongside the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. And she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter. 
who, adopt him, who adopted him as her own. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So here we go in Exodus chapters 2 and 3. There are five women that are mentioned here that are never mentioned within the Haggadah, which is the part of the Passover feasts where the story is retold. I found this from a group of feminist Hebrew um, rabbis who kind of put this together. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and just to mention it and how beautiful on Mother's Day. And so the first ones are the story. The midwives. Shepra and Pa'ah. Commanded. Now, this is subversive. This, this was even a pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't want to, <clears throat> wasn't openly at first, was like, okay, how can I alleviate this fear, kill these boys, and no one really know? The midwives, what a terrible plan. What violence and cruelty based on fear. So it goes to the midwives and commands them. And you kind of know, I mean, they, they got no choice. If they disobey him, they're going to die. And so, they sit in this horrible space, knowing that Pharaoh has commanded them to do something that they cannot do. I assume it was meant as they helped birth the child that they would end the child's life before someone could see. But they took no part in it. Pharaoh found out, saw baby boys living, and pulled them to him. Why haven't you killed them? They're being, they being held to an account. Their lives were also going to be put to an end. They were engaged in essence civil disobedience to an unjust law, to an unjust command, to an unjust order. And they disobeyed it. They moved with wisdom as they stand before Pharaoh. Why didn't you? Oh, the women are so, yeah, the boys, they're so vigorous. These women are amazing. We're not even able to help. God showed compassion on those midwives. Pharaoh believed them. And this is the story of these two women. Shifra and Pa'ah. They refused to obey. These midwives risked their own lives to help save the Israelites from destruction and genocide. They practiced civil disobedience from the unique position of influence and refused, just, refused to just follow orders when those orders were unjust. And we honor their resistance. Do you know of others who resist in the face of injustice. Who resist. I was even thinking about Jesus when a woman was caught in adultery, put into a bind. They're being used, and Jesus refused to play along this game and spoke with, with compassion and saved the woman's life. And many saved others from bloodshed who would have stoned her kind of wisdom and compassion for unjust ways. So who do you know? Who do you know who bears this likeness? Have you known anyone who has been this? Now again, it doesn't have to be a mother. It's, it's anyone who are resembling this beautiful quality 
of Shifra and Pa'ah. So take a moment, turn to some people around you. This will remind you of a story. This will remind you of a person. It's just like your mother, your grandmother, a friend, a neighbor, a leader, someone that you know. So who, so feel free to share, turn to some people next to you. Is there anyone who, that you would say, ah, oh, yeah, this, this reminds me. I know, I know people like this. What's their name? And so we didn't give you a lot of time to talk. But I just ask you, as you raise your glass, and we're going to, would you, if, if there was a name of somebody that stuck out to you, even just hearing that story, would you just shout the name out? Yeah. You know, for me too, like um, Dan and Sharon Buttry, who live into that sense of making peace at great cost. Looking like Jesus. So would you stand? Would you raise a glass? And, and we're going to, let us say their names together. Now again, these are Hebrew names. And so it's Shifra and Pa'ah. Shifra and Pa'ah. So let us say their names together. To Shifra and Pa'ah. Have a drink. The heroes were among us. Okay, you can be seated. So the next, the story goes on. Moses' mother. She's not named in this, but she's named later. Her name is Yocheved. That's the Hebrew name. Now, Kim, we want to say their names because that's their name. When it's written in the scripture, it's some sort of transliteration that's maybe written to the Greek or some version of a Hebrew name. But her name is Yocheved. Is her name. Yocheved. The mother of Moses. The mother of Moses chose. She had the child. She knew it was a son. She was commanded to throw the boy into the Nile. And she hid him for three months to when she could do it no longer. To where she knew that she would be caught. And if caught, the boy would die and potentially her whole family. What a time to be alive. Cannot imagine 
and with in her pain, but also in her hope, and with some amount of grace and faith, she gets a basket, puts tar on the bottom, puts her son within it, and releases him into the Nile. As in some way, saying, God, he's yours. Oh. I, to be stuck in a place of such violence, to be living at a time when it is so violent and so cruel, where there is no option, no choice. I cannot imagine, I cannot fathom. And she takes her son Moses, puts him in the Nile, and says, oh, as in a way, saying, God, he is yours. He is yours. Yoheved was her name. She hid him from the Egyptians and their genocidal orders as long as she could. And when she could hide his cries no longer, she placed him in a basket to send him down the Nile, putting his fate in God's hands. Yoheved made the impossible choice to do whatever might be necessary to give her child a chance at life. She shows us what resistance to oppression can demand and what it can cost. We honor her agency and her pain. Do you know, when you hear that story of her, do you, no one's going to have walked in that in those shoes. But when you think of people who have experienced such intense, intense hardship, walking in a season or a time, and yet still did so with honor and dignity, trusting in God, who comes to your mind? I remember my mom when recently divorced, divorced and had three kids, and no job or anything. She, she tells me this, that in, in that moment that she kind of did that same, she didn't put us in the Nile, she didn't hand us over, that wasn't the same circumstance, but she's like, how am I going to do this? And she remembers saying, God, they're yours. They're yours. I, I, can't, I can't do this. Everyone was demanding something else of her. And yet she saw God continue to make way after way after way. She had no money, no job. And we always remember the story. Remember, we, I was four when that went down. I, I don't know if I re remember it all, but she had the car. She drove it to her, we stayed with her mom and grandma in Commerce, Missouri. And that night, an old oak tree that was in front of my grandma's house fell and crushed our car. It was a new car. And the insurance paid her all out of that, and with that money, she was able to buy another car, get an apartment, and have enough money before she found a job. She remembers that story as, oh God, when I had no options, you helped. So when you think of Yoheved, what stories, and who comes to mind who, who live with this in this kind of way? Is there any story? Is there a name? So turn to those people around you and, and share. 
Who is it? It looked like Jesus in this. So, would you, would you stand? Sorry, my, I, I won't move my mic again, Jim. Sorry about that. And so, if there's a name, if there's a name that just sort of came to mind, just hearing the story, thinking of Yoheved, would you just shout out the name? Jocelyn. And so we will too, let us say Moses' mother's name together. Again, uh, I'm gonna, it's, the, it's the guttural H of Hebrew, so it's Yoheved. And so let's say her name, to Yoheved, and let's drink to her.
All right, so they put Moses into the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter happens to be bathing. The wicker basket comes through. Her maid tendons get it. She sees, she opens it, and she sees the boy crying. She says she feels sorry for him. Has compassion on him. Miriam, the sister, runs up and is like, hey, can I get you a Hebrew <laughs> nursing? I, I might be able to find somebody. And she says, yes. Yes, I do. And she releases Moses back into his family, but yet adopts him. In the time when he is weaned, fully adopts him and pulls him into her own, knowing he's Hebrew the whole time. Oh, this is one of the Hebrew boys who my father has said we need to kill them all. And she doesn't. And she doesn't hand them in. We don't know the conversation between her and Pharaoh. She was his daughter, but she had no power. He was in charge. What he say was it. And yet, she shows compassion and spares his life. In Hebrew tradition, the princess's name is Batya. Batya. And she understood that Moses, whom she later named him, the Hebrew baby, she understood his life was in danger. She resolved to adopt him, despite the risk it might carry if her father learned of Moses' origins. Batya used her privilege and position to have the impact that she could. She teaches us to look beyond our own comfort and to take risks with the privilege that we do have and to allow our empathy and compassion to drive us towards righteous action. To love our neighbors ourselves. To emulate the service of Jesus, the self-giving love of Jesus. They said, you come to be a servant if you follow me. We honor her commitment. And she looks like Jesus. Because again and again, we see Jesus seeing people and being filled with compassion and engaging with hurting. Oh, I might have read the wrong one there, didn't I? Let me read this up. So, um, this is about Batya. I know I didn't. I did it right. Ooh. <laughs> so, turn. So, who does that remind? Who, who, who does that? Whose story comes to mind here in the story of Batya the princess? So would you turn those around to you? If you're tired of talking to the people around you, you can find a new group. <laughs> if you need another drink, feel free to get it. But what, what does this remind you of? The beauty of this story. Is there anyone who comes to mind? I know a lot of people here come to mind for me in this. So move close to someone, share a story, share a name, uh, and take a couple more minutes.
All right, you had some, some names, some stories that come to mind? Let me just ask a quick question, too, because this is this beautiful story. It's messed up, right? We get this. It is messed up. Moses' story is just crazy, but um, anybody have a parent who was adopted? Parents have adoption. That's a part of the story. Was that a little bit? Yeah, great. Kind. I know that we've got a number of people who have, who have adopted um, within here. Have any brothers or sisters adopted into your family? Anybody's families have adoption? I know we've got a number of families who have adopted. I, you know, we, we know those journeys. They're beautiful. And so would you, would you stand with me? And so other names from this story of Vatya to be included in this, who when you think about them, you hear this story and you're like, yeah, they, they look like Jesus in this. If so, would you, would you say their name? I think about Bart and Liv. I think about Bo and Carmel. I think about Stephen April. I think about Chris and Laura. I'm looking beyond that in here. Other, you know, I think about Nate and Tina and Mercy and Edith and Rome. I think about Jay and Liz. I, I think about Jenny and Ben and Will and... Jen, <laughs> and so many others who have it in there. And that, that's just the legality part of it. But for many others who have pulled people in into their families, looking like Jesus. Ordinary people, everyday people, looking like Jesus. So thanks for saying their names. And so we'll raise our glass to them, but we'll also say the name of the Hebrew princess. And so together, would you say her name? Batya. Have a drink. All right, one more. Miriam. <clears throat> the, the sister of Moses. Don't know how old she was, but the story says that when her mother, when Yoheved took Moses in the wicker basket that Miriam watched. It's almost like she was like, I gotta know. So she watched at a distance. I, I don't know. For me, um, I can't watch. I can't watch when an IV's going in. I can't watch when something really painful, I have to turn. I don't know. I'm not good. I can't do it. I can't, I can't watch. I can't watch as a tooth gets pulled. Very, I can't watch. I can't do it. It's just the most disgusting thing. I have to leave. And those are stupid things. Silly things and significant pain. But Miriam stands at a distance and watches to know what will become of her brother. She's following it 
following him. And as she sees the princess maiden or some Egyptians find him, she's still following. The princess takes her brother. And all of a sudden she comes with this cunning plan. Brilliant and beautiful. Optimistic. Hopeful. And she's like, oh, can I find you somebody to help be a wet nurse for him? Where does that come from? The kind of, the kind of ingenuity and creativity. Not only that, she allows, she allows her family to stay together because of this. Not only that, when the rat that she allowed to stay there, that's going to be her mom's job among an oppressive people who are being oppressed with labor. Her mom's job, she'll be paid to love her son. What? What an awesome reversal of the grace of God. Miriam also is with Israel as, her, as God frees the people and they walk through the Red Sea. And the Jewish people say, oh, Miriam was leading the women and the children with dancing and shouting and praise to God. And she was the one who had the song of praise that is shouted at the end. And so with that, the daughter of Yoheved and the sister of Moses and Aaron, she played so many parts in this story. She stood at a distance to see what would happen. She was brave enough to risk asking the daughter of Pharaoh if Yoheved, Moses' mother, could serve as a wet nurse for the baby. Her bravery and charm thus enabled the family to stay together and earn wages. And later... Miriam led the women and children, the backbone of the Jewish life, safely to the shore across the Red Sea, dancing and singing. In the scriptures of those times and in those stories and in the Torah, they teach that she was a prophet. She reminds us that caring for women and children and families is a critical part of our connection to God and is holy. And we honor her tenacity. And so with that story of Miriam... Who others remind you of that? Who others walk in that same likeness? Is that we would say, who live like Jesus in that kind of self-giving love. So is there a story? Is there a person? Is there a name? So turn to those around you. This is our last chance of storytelling. So share one more if you've got it in you.
All right, this is a shorter one too. So would you stand with a glass? And if you can, what's the name? What's the name of the person from the story that reminded you? Uh, shout out their name for us to hear. Well, let's say her name together. It's Miriam. So let's say her name to Miriam. All right, well done. Hope you got it. Okay, last little bit. And Luke. In Luke 11, Jesus was teaching and speaking. And a woman shouts out of the crowd. This is verse 27. God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. And Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You can almost hear this. I, I am a little bit immature, so I create voices for this, and I usually, I don't. So here's, here's how I hear it. Jesus is talking. God bless your mother, the womb you came from, the breast that fed you. Jesus says yes. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry for my immaturity. Yes, yes. God bless Mary, Miriam. God bless her. She had the unique, the unique opportunity and position to be the mother of Jesus, Yeshua. Yes, when the angel came to her and said, you're going to give birth to a child and it's going to be of the Holy Spirit and you're, now you're not going to have sex. She said, let it be unto me as you've said. Yeah. Yeah, God bless her. And Jesus agrees. Yes. Yeah, she is blessed. In the same way, on this Mother's Day, is all of our mothers. They're blessed, and we're grateful for them. We bless them. As this woman wanted to bless Mary, Miriam, we also want to bless our moms who bore us and who nursed us. A kindness and compassion who took care of us. And so, would you say your mom's name? Cecilia. May God bless them. <laughs> May God bless them today. May God bless them. But then Jesus adds this beautiful blessing on top of it. He's like, yes, 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 but, or and, oh, a blessing onto anyone who hears the word of God, who hears the word of Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. Who hears Jesus and puts it into practice. He's saying, oh, blessed. And he's just been teaching. He's been teaching about to love and to forgive and how to pray to the Father about forgiving the, those who have hurt you and to praying for God's kingdom to come and about God's provision and leading us away from evil. Blessed are those who hear Jesus' words and put him into practice. 
And so today, when we mentioned all of these women from the story of Exodus, before the life of Jesus incarnate had come, they were putting, the li- they were putting into practice the self-giving love of Jesus. So we honor them. And we encourage you and bless you. Blessed are those who hear what Jesus says and put it into practice. So, church, I raise a glass to you. Every, so would you stand, please? Has this been okay? You're tired? Do you feel like you're at some sort of liturgical church, sitting and standing and standing and sitting? There you go. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. And may you hear the creator of the universe speak your name. Intimately. You're not perfect examples of hearing what Jesus said and applying it, but you're a living example. May you know the self-giving love of Jesus who endured the hostility and the violence unparalleled, much like the story of Exodus, the story of violence, the story of hatred. May you hear Jesus and see Jesus enduring the sin of all time. And instead of retaliating with violence in turn, flips the tables of that kind of structure and system and says, Father, forgive them. May we hear that upon us. May we receive that kind of love. May we live in that kind of freedom, advocacy, and compassion to love others in the name of Jesus. May we receive the blessing of our Father and act in likewise. Amen. Drink to yourself into Jesus. Okay, thank you for being with us today. If you want some more pastries, please take some. We do have some bigger boxes, so if you have an idea, if you're going somewhere where those can be used, and you want to take five, six, seven, please do. They're yours. You have neighbors you want to give them to. You have someone you want to love. You don't need to ask permission. Take them all. Everybody understand? So please take um, them. Oh, you need your we have these here. Use them however you want. And then today, as we walk out, as we go, Andrew is going to be singing and dancing for Mother's Day. And so for those who are on Facebook, we have to close off Facebook because um, this song has copyright issues. So God bless you, Facebook people. May God bless you and sustain you. You're going to miss the best thing that's going to happen this morning. Go on Zoom if you want to see this next time. So here we go. Andrew is wearing his Shania Twain shirt, and he's going to be performing and singing a Shania Twain song. So feel free to get more drinks, celebrate, sing, dance. Here you go. Hey, come on. Are you, buddy? Uh-uh. Yes. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Guys, stop. Then you book it, mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it, mark it,
Make another drink, take drinks too if you want something at home. Help yourself, it's yours. 